Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I thank you guys for joining us. I have a friend of mine, an employee of mine, and a brother in Christ of mine, all in the same guy here today. And uh, a shout out to my friend Steve Gasser, who introduces the show. We've been doing this 15 years together, and, and uh, you know, he's the voice of KFIA, right? So, at any rate, uh, I have Michael Blaine with me. Before we get started, I want you to know that uh, that... In this life, when we are so overwhelmed by all the things that are going on around us, whether it's politics or the COVID-19 thing, today we're just not going to talk about those things. We're going to leave that to other people, and we're going to talk about the good things that can happen, the things that God has directed us. And as I told you last week, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ— you're not a citizen of this world. You're a citizen of a kingdom that will reign and, and last forever and ever. And it's not pie in the sky. It's not a dream. It's the reality. And so as Mike and I and Ann and Steve were talking about earlier, well, I saw some redwood trees, and the redwood trees were 3,000 years old. And that means that when Christ was born, when he suffered, when he died, and when he was resurrected, some of those trees were a thousand years old. And there I was standing in the dirt in front of this tree in the exact same place that tree was when Jesus was here. And yet, this world is not our world. Our world is a world that is to come. And so, you know what? As much as things change, many times things stay the same. But in the hearts of men that come to Christ, there's a resurrection of our souls too. And I have such a, a gentleman with me today, and so I'm going to introduce him. But when I got to the mission 15 years ago, he was an intern. He'd gone through the program. I'm going to let him tell you about it. And then I hired him. And here's the difference. Before he was a program man, who I hired. He became my employee. I didn't know him very well, but over the course of the years, I did get to know him. And I've put it this way, that when my wife was still alive, I would have trusted him with my wife, with my finances, with my reputation, with my life, because I know who he is. If he told me that he was visited by little green men from Mars I would not doubt his integrity, just his in, his sanity. <laughs> so, so they're not always the same thing. So, I have with me Michael Blaine, and Michael, maybe you could tell me how long you've been at the mission, maybe how you got there. Oh, uh, well, I've actually been at the mission as an intern or a program man or an employee since uh, January. 2004. So I'm working working on the 17th, 18th year now, right? That's right. Yeah. So uh, a while. And then there was, you know, I was homeless in Sacramento. For, well, now you've always told me you weren't homeless. Right. I was, I was, I was <laughs> never homeless. I mean, you're not, you're not homeless if, if where you lay your head is, 
what you call your home. But you lived in a park, right? (laughs) I lived in a beautiful park. You know, some of the best mornings, one of the best mornings of my life was in that park. Um, I I don't want to bore your people with your people. Yeah, I'm sorry. Our our people, our our Christian brothers and sisters. But uh, yeah, being being without a house wasn't wasn't a big deal. I I I'd been out there so long. That well, it, you also worked all the time. Yes, I did. Yeah, um, I I believe that that we're supposed to work, right? Um, I I kept clean. Um, where I laid my head, if any litter happened to blow in. When I got up and rolled up my sleeping bag in the morning, I would pick up whatever had blown in and throw it in the garbage can. When I left, you could never tell I was there. Never made fires. I didn't. No, it's you know. too bad that some of the homeless don't realize that that would go a long way to helping that that people, breaks my their heart. perception of them. I I see it and it and it really does. It breaks my heart mm-hmm. that they should disrespect the the land the way they do, um, but. Uh, half half the time, they don't realize they're doing it. There are so many mentally challenged people out there. Um, and not all of them work for us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I'm uh, kidding. A little shout out to my friend Eileen. <laughs> Ooh. This is going to come back and haunt me. I it know is, it. <laughs> and I'm going to disavow any knowledge uh, of it. It wasn't your fault. Uh, I, I can, it, we'll blame it on Steve. <laughs> yeah, it's say, a good say. idea. <laughs> Um, His yeah, shoulders are broad. Sure, sure. Um, anyways, it, being being without a house uh, wasn't wasn't such a bad thing once you got used to it. Um, it's kind of like uh, I always use the analogy of the indoor dog, outdoor dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you take an indoor dog and put him in the backyard. He's gonna scratch at the door and one in, and uh, that goes on for a while. And then pretty soon he just. That's normal to him. That goes yeah. on with your dog all day long. Oh, my spoil. I don't even know if you can call her a dog. She's <laughs> more like a person, but uh, yeah, she's uh, she's something. Sadie, come down and see her. Yeah, <laughs> come down yeah. for a tour and yeah. see my dog. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, so you get used to, to living outside. And I always, like I said, I kept clean. I would uh, take care of, of my business. I made sure that that uh, where I slept, where I where I laid my head was always always clean and, and neat. And I didn't like, honestly, I didn't like sleeping with a bunch of homeless. I, I didn't, I'd rather be by myself somewhere. Um, but uh, the homeless in, in this, this town here, and it seems there's more and more and more every day, um, some of them, you can see them out there and using cardboard for brooms and, and picking up the trash and that, that wasn't theirs to begin with. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are the, the, the homeless that, that my heart goes out to. No, and it's true. Uh, there's uh, several guys out there right in front of the mission who will come and even ask for a broom or a dustpan, and then they sweep up and they clean up and— Unfortunately, like Michael on it, he rode over with me today, like we were talking about. The problem is that it that those that disrespect everything give a very bad taste in the mouth of everybody else for all the homeless. And even some of the mentally disturbed people that are out there, some of them are very courteous. They're just not they just don't have complete sense of their faculties. It, it and that the, the, uh, we were talking remember a couple of weeks ago the girl I told you yes. uh, so 
I, I drove by this young woman and, yes. and it was cold. And uh, I got to the mission and I, I picked up a coat and sure. some stuff for the gal and I brought it down to her and, and I gave it to her. And uh, not an hour, hour later, she had worked her way up to the mission, no coat, no yep. sweatpants. Now, yep. um, you know, what do you do? You pray for them. Uh, you try to help them with the food, with the, the, the sure. necessities. Uh, but some of them really need uh, more help than that. So, Well, I was just explaining to somebody, and I think you were there at the time when they were talking about, but it was cold outside, and there's, this woman was naked out there. I said, because... When you're mentally ill, you don't always have the sense of of hot and cold, and that's why you'll see sometimes people who are mentally ill with five coats on, and it's a hundred degrees outside. Yeah, yeah. And so the same thing goes. We see all the time people with their shirts off. It's it's really cold outside, but they don't get it. Yeah. You know. And and quite honestly, the officers, police officers, can't. Uh, pick them up and bring them no. to a to a. No, there's a facility. no facility for it. No, no, there isn't. So, so and Michael, um, you, uh, I, I always found it an interesting story. And by the way, what I said in the opening, I really mean, uh, I would trust Michael with anything because, first of all, he's always had a sense of integrity. But more importantly than that, he's a man of God and. And and I'm telling you that I would have no qualms whatsoever trusting him with anything. And again, I I was kind of kidding in the beginning about the space guy, but even if I didn't think he was correct, I know I would know he wasn't lying. I just not necessarily correct about what he's he's talking Sorry. about. But uh, I found it interesting that you had come and and you didn't have really a, a huge intent on staying at the mission. <laughs> oh, no. But I liked what the van driver at the time said to you. Maybe you could relate that to them about the... Oh, uh, about the... Reading of the you know, word for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did not want to go to the mission. I had uh, been picked up yet again by the police and brought before a judge who happened to know me and why are you in front of me again, Mr. Blaine? And I don't know, Your Honor. And I truly, I didn't know because uh, when I had gotten picked up, I hadn't even spoken to a, a police officer. But uh, I, my probation officer got a better job. The new guy came to my last residence. I had moved on. That's a violation. I didn't know it, but that's a violation. Warrant went out. So the judge said, well, it looks like you need a, a drug rehab program. And I I got into the mission that way. I didn't want to go there. Uh, so consequently, I wanted to get out of there as soon as I could. <laughs> and uh, a friend of mine ran uh, a rehab over at Loaves and Fishes, uh, who also helped the homeless. And uh, I, I talked to him, and, and he, he was going to let me in there. Um, so I'm going to leave. I'm going to go there. And... That night, the church group was talking about you got to have trust, and I've discussed this on the radio before. Sure. And uh, you got to have trust, and not just in God, but in other people. And sure. you take a homeless person that's been out there eleven years; they don't they don't trust easy. Oh, I know. So uh, I go to bed that night, and and I'm honestly praying for the first time in a long, long time. I'm honestly praying, 
And God, why, why should I trust the, the people here at this mission? Right? Who are they to, to give me instruction? Who are they to, to teach me? You know, I, you know, don't they know who I think I am? Uh, kind of a deal. Yeah, and, they did. And, <laughs> yeah. and so I, I'm tossing. I, I can't fall asleep. I'm going back and forth with God about this. Who are they to teach or guide me? Who are they to instruct me? And, and I, I drift off finally. And then, boom, it's time to get on the van. It's like I hadn't slept at all. But And I hop in the van, and the van driver gave me an index card. And I said, well, what is this? And he said, well, God wanted me to give you this scripture. And I went, oh, okie dokie. So I threw it on the dash. It was dark outside. And we went and did a pickup. And uh, when we got done doing our load, um, it was light. And I, and I, oh, yeah, I wonder what that, what that scripture was. And it was Psalm 32, verse 8, which says, I will instruct thee mm-hmm. and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Teach, instruct, and guide. And I, and I, I looked at him. I said, well, why did you give me this? And he said, well, God told And I stopped. What do you mean God told you? What, what does that mean? And he told me that he had woke up in the, it just out of the blue, never wakes up during the night, doesn't need to use the restroom. He just sleeps <laughs> straight on through. And he said, but I woke up wide awake and knew that I had to write down this scripture and give it to you this morning. And then I told him what I just explained to everybody out there, that I was about to leave that very day. I was going to work, thank everybody, then go do Manny's little three-month wonder program. The, the program at the mission was a year, uh, year long at that time, and uh, I wasn't about to give up a year until I got that scripture. Um, at that point, it turned my, my heart and my soul uh, to to grasp everything that they were teaching. They, they were bringing, you know, at the mission, in the program, we have two times a day, everything shuts down, we go to class, right. and we have some wonderful pastors, well, chaplains and such, that, that, uh, that they give their heart and soul to the teaching end of it. And, and it's not an easy program. I mean, there's uh-huh. scripture memorization, there's papers that have to be written, there's a test every week. Uh, it's it goes in depth. If you want to get to know Christ, they will most certainly help you, and and you will know uh, your Lord and Savior uh, by the time they complete the program. Or at least you'll be given all the all the scripture you need to know who He is. And, yes. And you know, for you folks out there, if there's somebody who can come into a nine month program. Understand that we don't ask for any money from anybody. If if you need a program and you— A good program. A good program, but understand it's Christ-centered. Amen. Because there is no other answer. But it also is not going to financially cost you anything or your family. We don't work like that. But— um, so it's it's much more than that. It's because yeah. this this program at the mission, they don't just pat you on the back after nine months and say good job and throw you out the door. They have people there that will work with the program sure. men, help them write resumes, find the right job direction for them. They can stay at the mission while they get a job. That's right. uh, we have a, a house that I, I actually work at and for uh, the guys who have graduated, yeah. who, who have gotten jobs, 
Uh, they stay at the house here. They save up money. Willie, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, has been got a job and got a job with us, uh, but had saved up his money. He's got his two kids back in his life. He just moved out of the annex where I where I live and work, uh, and has a nice two bedroom apartment. His children are happy. Uh, good things, good things happen from from the missions uh, point of view. It's taken a man who was a drain on society, restoring him, uh, giving him God's holy word, letting right. Christ do the work in him. And now this man is is working. He's paying tithes at his church. He's spending money in his community. He's paying taxes. So he's he's now an asset. He's able to help others. And uh, so the mission in that regard is unique because I've been as <laughs> Some of you may have known from my past time on the radio, I've been in rehabs before, and mm-hmm. none of them work the way the missions uh, program works. We, we truly uh, care and love the people that, that are, are with us at the mission in the program. Yeah, everybody that graduates doesn't stay clean and sober. But no, but we have a better percentage yes. than any other programs. But, you there. know, here's the thing, too. It all falls back to that it's important to that person and to that person's family. And if if a person graduates the program, they go on to restoration like Willie and his kids and everything, regardless of what the numbers is are, isn't that worth the effort? Amen. And, you know, one soul that doesn't go to hell, one soul that is rest, uh, restored to their family, those— those things are hugely important, and trust me, we have a lot more than one or two people that go, that make it. But yes, we don't. We also don't count success. You graduated the program, and you're clean and sober. You're clean and sober for a week. You're clean and sober for a month. No, I don't count it as success as far as recovery if you ever relapse. But we also want people to know that God's grace and mercy isn't a one and done thing. If if you have you ever messed up since you came to Christ, Mike? Oh, of course, have I, have I stumbled? <laughs> of course. Uh, okay, but yeah. it, did it disqualify you from the kingdom? No, no, no. Because you have to understand that we are fully cognizant of the fact that we have done nothing to earn the merit Christ. of God. That has not been our doing; it's His. And since it isn't our merit that we are recognized in heaven then it's not our stumbles that we're lost to heaven. And so, Mike, uh, I don't nor- we don't normally hire uh, people from the program. We don't have that kind of, uh, that, those many, uh, that amount of jobs. But Michael touched onto it. Michael was one of the guys that I hired when I first got there. He had been doing a, a great job interning for quite a while. And Willie was another one of those guys that I hired. And Willie was a cook and and a good cook, by a the way. good cook. And he got hired on, and I have never regretted that either. As a matter of fact, it's funny because there had been people before me who had threatened people with getting fired, and I never looked at it that way. But it's turned out that I've hired more people than I think. The others ever did. I don't know. Well, you've been with us our fifteen <laughs> years. I'm. I think I'm the second longest after Don to ever hold that position. And hopefully, Lord willing, I'll have a few more years at it. 
I wasn't sure earlier this year when I was in the hospital if I was going to have any more years, but God saw fit to bring me back. There were so, a lot of prayers going out for you, Pastor. And I appreciated that. Uh, a lot of prayers. You know, uh, I'm not, I've not been in recovery or ever had to, excepting that we're all, in a way, in recovery from I used sin. the guys would ask me, Pastor, were you ever addicted to anything? And I used to tell them, "You bet, I was addicted to stupid, and I did it really well." <laughs> uh, and I I did a lot of things I should not do, and and that kind of stuff. But it's not a story of of me coming there as a recovery. I came as the director of the mission. But you know what? I got to tell you that there's never been a place that I have ever felt more like it was the place I needed to be. I, I, I understand that. And, <laughs> and I should tell your listeners of 15 years, I, I just was, was got the revelation that you've been on the air 15 years with this show now. Yeah. Um, I, I want to tell your listeners that honestly, truly, you made me want to be a better man. You That's said a very fine, kind of Well, it's, the, it's absolute truth. You set an example that hmm. uh, that I I want to follow. Well, that, that's, that's kind of you. It is well, truly kind truth. of you. It's it's true. But you know, I I think one of the things that is a huge uh, compliment for all of us, I think, is when a man says, and I've heard it many times, people from the street are far from from stupid. And they are pretty perceptive about some things. And one of the phrases that I've heard several times is, we know you're the real deal. Uh, And what that means is they're used to conning and being conned. mm -hmm. And they can tell when a program is the real deal and when the people behind it are the real deal. And so um, it's all about, uh, you know, we realize there's no power in us. You know. the spirit, mm-hmm. God's spirit working in us and through That's us. That's right. And have I made mistakes? You bet. As director, as pastor, as Christian, as husband, as father, as friend, you name it, somewhere I've failed. And and if I haven't failed you yet, hang on, I will. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh that's not necessarily true, people. He's he's uh he's an upright right. man. He's well, an upright man, but he is a man. Yeah. And we all stumble and we all fall short of the glory of God. All of us do. But we we're not gonna beat ourselves up over it. We're gonna turn to Christ and, and well, we, repent. We just have one minute, so the one thing I'd like to say in closing is is that uh yes. God expects perfection, and nothing less than absolute perfection and righteousness will get you through the gates of heaven. And you don't have, you don't have a snowball's chance in the in the in the underworld of getting uh, righteous like that. But God does, right? Christ's righteousness in us. Amen. 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 So you know, folks out there, when you get discouraged by the world, remember that that. The world can be discouraging, but again, we are, you know, Mike's Mike's going in for some chemotherapy and we're praying for him, and he could be discouraged, but he's not. And uh, when I say I'm worried about him, I'm worried about I don't want him to be sick or feeling bad and stuff. God's going to bring him through this Amen. thing. I, I, so 
At any rate, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God bless you all. Amen. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.